All right, welcome everyone again to the Dodgeball Podcast with Brett and Steve. We hope to interview dodgeball players across the country and expose dodgeball to both professional players and people experiencing it for the first time. Uh, There's just a couple quick clarifications that I wanted to make before we get started. Uh, First of all, we made it sound like Team Awesome beat Doom uh, to upset them in at UDC. That was not the case. It was a team called Shooters that upset them. So Shooters, I, I, I apologize. We didn't mean to take credit away from you guys. We just meant that you know anyone beating Doom, anyone beating Doom at all was an upset. So uh, again, apologies. Team uh, Shooters was the team that beat Doom. Yeah, good job, Brett. Uh, and then again, uh, we just wanted to clarify that the UDC is the largest cash prize offered to date. Well, um, about that. So it's kind of tied. There was a Dodgeball Nation 20K tournament, I want to say two years ago. So in the interest of staying impartial and fair, I also want to bring that up too. And um, we kind of talked about where Brett first played dodgeball at the Balls for Balls tournament in 2011. Uh, a lot of people that I wanted to give mention to, but instead of doing that because I want to name drop all day long, what I'll do is I'll just post uh, some photos from that event on our group page that we have now. Perfect. Speaking of... So we also just wanted to thank everyone for listening. Uh, you know that we got a lot of great response for our first one, and we really appreciate everyone that took the time to listen. Um, we had over a hundred views in the first twenty-four hours. So ridiculous! Thank you guys so much. We really, we really appreciate it, and uh, it validates us sitting in this room and and talking our heads off for an hour, which could be good or bad. So on today's podcast, what we want to do is we want to address the elephant in the room, uh, and when I say that, I mean the dodgeball movie. And everyone that's ever played dodgeball has has experienced this movie in one way or another. Whether you can it was, dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Yeah, it's, it's, it already starts with the quotes. So actually, let's give me one. What do you always hear? <laughs> I hear, oh, uh, you do you wear costumes like the movie. Oh God, how about uh, oh, is it? Can you watch it on the Ojo? <laughs> so uh, everyone that has ever played dodgeball has experienced this movie in some way. Whether you started, whether you watched the movie before and then started playing, or whether you've been playing and then you watch the movie. Someone has mentioned the movie to you if you have played dodgeball. I think that's pretty much 100% of people across the board. And you'll probably roll your eyes. You'll be like, when is this ever going to end? And it's been 11 years. It's it's not going to. It will never end. Yeah. So it usually goes like this. You're, you know, you're talking to a coworker, you're talking to a friend or a family member, and you tell them, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I play dodgeball. Um, I'm really into dodgeball. And they're like, oh, like the movie? And no, it's not like the movie, you know, it, some of the stuff, the, the movie did get right. And, you know, it is like the movie in that regard, but it's not anything like the movie in the sense that dodgeball is a serious competitive sport. It is not a comedy. Why do you think uh, some people take offense to this? Like, why not be, okay, oh, cool. Like the movie. Sure. Whatever. Like, why do you think we actually take it personally? I think it's just because the movie paints it so comedically, you know, it's, it's, it comes off as a joke, uh, as dodgeball is a joke, and that's not the case anymore. Uh, dodgeball is a very serious sport, like I said, and, and so it hurts a little bit when someone says that it's like the movie. So that's the thing. Like We, we play in a recreational league on, on Tuesday nights, and I really hate to say this, but my team's name is Balls Deep 2, <laughs> even deeper, or this, I don't know, something really the vulgar. The, the, the deepening. <laughs> the deep, oh, I can't even. Oh, no. It's the coffee. I just, I just couldn't even. But so, um, so you get all these references. Yeah. You know, everyone wants to make a balls joke. Everyone wants to make uh, some kind of joke involving, you know, testicles and balls. And and it, for, oh, go ahead. No, so, no, sorry. I was just gonna say it hurts. It's it stings on a personal level for me sometimes because I do take it very seriously. Well, I was gonna say like we go beyond the recreational league. You look at look at Brett right now. Like he's wearing his Rampage Artichoke jersey, which we'll have to show on the page. In case I do you love the jokies. It. 
So we, we, we do take it a little bit more seriously. It does kind of go beyond that, that setting for us. So I guess that's why some people tend to take offense to these movie references. Well, I'm sure that you've got Steve the Pirate all the time. You son of a... Yeah, I do. Yar! <laughs> oh, your name is Steve, and you play dodgeball? You must be a pirate. <laughs> so we want to talk a little bit about the movie, what, you know, what they got right, what they got wrong. So uh, first of all, the... Um, the movie doesn't actually show a lot of dodgeball. So Steve and I want, went and watched the movie this weekend. Um, we, we sat through it. We took notes. And I think in the grand running time of the movie, there's probably only about like eight minutes total of them playing dodgeball or something. I so, never even realized that. So dodgeball the movie is, is less dodgeball and more Ben Stiller being Ben Stiller. Which, which is great. So uh, believe it or not, the the dodgeball movie actually did get most of the rules right, which was surprising to me. You know, I expected to to go back and watch it and see all of the the little mistakes that a lot of new players get wrong in the movie, but they actually got a lot right. So for you know, for example, the opening rush, they they did that perfectly. You you know, you run and get the ball, you check it behind the uh, the throw line, and then and then you can play. And they did that, which is astounding to me because that's something that that the average player just does not comprehend. Yeah, they they grab the ball and they immediately start throwing. You don't do that. Uh, they got the court right. The, you know, the, the court is more or less correct, um, including the neutral zone, um, and it looks about the right size. Uh, granted, we can't just measure a TV screen to get it right, but you know, it, it looks about right. It looked good. And then also, the the venue that they had would probably be the most ideal venue that would support spectators and um, not have to chase balls all over the place. Yeah, it's sort of like a, a hybrid hockey arena, which would be nice. You know, you you uh, you get <clears throat> the back, you get the back part to shag balls for you and, and you get the, the sides to kind of hold them in um, and then you get a bunch of spectators who can see the entire court from one view or another. You know what one thing I just realized thinking about this is they kind of got the fact that women play as well so they didn't get into divisions they didn't get into men's open co-ed they just straight out one open division that some women did play in. That's true yeah um, and there there are a lot of women that play which is nice um, so you know it's a good thing they got that right. Um, they in general had most of the strategy correct. Um, you know, m- people were throwing together and blocking appropriately. And the, the one thing they did get wrong though, is that they, you know, they said blockers generally go in the middle to funnel balls out, but that's, I haven't seen a team ever do that. Have you? Can you explain that a little bit more? So the, the movie had, um, two, two people holding balls in the middle, uh, and then blocking them kind of away and out of from their team and that's kind of the opposite of what most teams that's, do that's most the teams kill play zone, the corners yeah i think yeah it's it's the corners that that do that kind of stuff uh, usually the guy in the middle is the one that is probably your most athletic or agile hard hit guy that draws fire for you uh tim being fantastic at that alan being uh alan stott being really good at that just some people you just can't hit and so you'll unload and you realize oh oh crap we just gave got rid of the uh, ball control there so the that's the boring stuff though. What the movie got yeah, right is the boring stuff. What what did they get wrong? And and there's a, a laundry list of things here. So we'll kind of sum them up to what is the biggest wrongs in the movie. I could, in, in I our could opinion. take you to a dark place, <laughs> Brett, about what they got wrong. So first of all, the thought that huge guys can throw a ball hard is just is totally lost. It's <laughs> right, Michelle. Yeah. Blade, laser. I mean, all, the, all of the, the, the Cobras, all of the Cobras are just huge and muscled. And I'm not saying that people with huge muscles can't throw a dodgeball. But in general, you, you tend to see more of the, the pitcher type, you know, people who can throw hard. Tall, long, lanky, you know, a lot of fulcrum action, a lot of lever action on their arm. It really is like that saying, the bigger they are, the, the harder they fall. <laughs> it's if you're this big, massive dude that can't move, 
or female that can't move, you're, you're going to have a hard time staying alive. Because, yes, you may have a cannon, but people that know what they're doing are going to take you out pretty easily. Um, the other thing that they got wrong is the they show that teams have coaches with patches of Hulahan, and that's not necessarily wrong. But most teams don't have a coach. You know, there's there's been a few that I've seen, mostly in the international level, that have coaches. But your your average rec team or elite team or you know even UDC, there's just no there's no concept of a coach yet. I think the closest thing is when you go out and you're in that queue. You might want to just try to support your players, so you'll start coaching at that point. Right? Yeah, you you kind of get a whole team coaching mentality. Um. Sudden death. That's wrong. God, don't even, don't even. So this is this is the the wrongest part of the movie, in my opinion, is the sudden death scene. So, um, if you haven't seen it, what happens is uh, it comes down to uh, a one on one situation. White Goodman throws at Vince Vaughn's character, and as he's throwing, he steps over the line. So they they let the throw count. So Vince Vaughn is out, and uh, White Goodman is also out because he stepped over the line. So what they do is they sudden have to both stand ball. in a triangle. And they just stand there motionless and throw a ball at each other. Um, and no. it, it, that's just not, I've literally never seen that. In all of my days playing dodgeball, I've never seen anything even remotely close to that. It, when, there's, when it's one-on-one, you just play dodgeball regularly. That's <laughs> well, we had sudden death in our league, and this is kind of what, kind of like the beauty of dodgeball is you can kind of have your own variations. So if a game would be prolonged, we would have sudden death in which we just increase the neutral zone. So instead of having somebody stand in a triangle and be motionless and play, we just opened up the venue a little bit more and that made it more fun and exciting. But under no circumstances will you ever see something like dodgeball, the movie sudden death dodgeball ever. Yeah. That's just not, it's just not a thing. Um, the other thing that is just, uh, egregious in my opinion is, uh, the, the idea of wearing costumes to, to a dodgeball tournament. Uh, so during the movie, there's the lumberjacks and there's this team that looks, like they're a bunch of drug dealers or something, you know, it's just, everyone's wearing these costumes and it's just a, it's, it's ludicrous up and down. And that's just not a thing that you see. We do wear uniforms. Everyone's got their team uniform, but the, it's not a costume. Well, in competitive dodgeball, it's, it's not a costume, right? There there's some rec leagues that you'll, you'll see people dressed up as, as weirdos and you get the occasional weirdo that shows up to a tournament dressed up as a Superman, like, like <laughs> Super Dave or Dave Benedetto would always treat us to one year of some kind of costume. So that'll happen, but for you the know, most yeah, part. Th- th- there are rec leagues where they do dress up. And, and uh, you know, on Halloween, I've seen people playing costumes. There's nothing wrong with that. But well, that's fair. Yeah. At, at big tournaments, you just, at a big tournament like the one in Las Vegas in the movie, you just don't wear a costume. It's just not a thing. No, you're, you're there to, to win, not to look weird and get laughs. So speaking of laughs, um, what was your favorite scene in that movie? It's it's got to be the scene where White Goodman shows up at uh, at Kate's house and uh, is trying to flirt with her to to get her to not play for at the average shows. He was turning on the charm. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many great things in that scene from from top to bottom. You know, he he shows up, the outfit he's wearing. He you know he knocks on the door. Vince Vaughn shows up right after. It's the scene where uh, he tells her that he can get real freaky naughty. <laughs> and then he also says, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. He so rides away on a so scooter with Michelle, flipping them off. I mean, it's just the, fr- <laughs> the entire scene is great. That's, it's by far my favorite scene. I just in the love movie. how he like snaps his fingers and then just like, like Michelle was just waiting on a scooter. Like the three feet away night. behind a hedge. Like, was he going to camp out there while they proceeded with their courtship? If, it, if he was successful, like I, I think it just goes to show that Michelle is the ultimate homie. There's, yeah. there's no doubt. Um, how about you, Steve? What was your favorite scene in the movie? 
So my favorite scene is when uh, the older guy on Average Joe's, uh, he's left alone and he's a scared little rabbit in a corner. And then he sees his wife like for, uh, flirting with some dude. Yeah. And then he remembers that like uh, Rip Torn's telling him to get angry. You got to get mean. You got to get nasty. And he just like, I don't know what happens, but he just starts flipping out and he ends up taking out the entire uh, Flying Cougars team by himself. And it's just funny to see like the nicest guy in dodgeball turn completely berserk for one. But for two, like for people that play dodgeball, you're going to have those moments where you kind of do flip out and some people may black out and you'll wake up and you realize, oh my God, we won. Um, I, in particular, some will sometimes do that. I've been known to like level out the uh, the playing field in a couple of seconds because you just, you're just on and everything works out your way and you ended up um, taking on 1v5, 1v6 big wins and that's always fun. It is really cool to see that. It is. Um, so then I... Aside from the rules and aside from everything the movie got wrong, the movie got one thing really, really right, which is that it, it inspired this new wave of dodgeball players to, to really think about dodgeball as a sport rather than um, just something you did in elementary school. Yeah, and that's, to be honest, like what we can say, we can say whatever we want to about the movie, but if not for that movie, we probably actually wouldn't even be here today in terms of playing dodgeball because yeah. it, it spawned so many leagues and organizations and interests that it filtered out the crazy and gave us this refined, awesome product that we know as competitive dodgeball, which would be elite. Not to always talk up elite, but that's it came from Dodgeball the movie, let's face it. Yeah, and um, so what I want to do is I want to cut over to uh, Mark Acom. We got a chance to interview him and correctly learn how to pronounce his name. So uh, we'll go into his interview. He's one of the, the, the best figureheads in dodgeball to talk to because he's fun and he's got a real passion for the sport. So let's cut over to that. All right, so go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. And um, you know, for most of us out out here uh, who always butcher your name, what's the correct way to pronounce it, please? The, the correct name, the, the correct way to say it is Mark Acom. Uh The B is silent. <laughs> uh, I, I know other other people they call me Mark Acom or Acomba. <laughs> uh, B B is silent. Um, talk about a little, talk a little bit about who you are and what you do, what teams you play for, that kind of thing. All right. Um, I am, I am, I'm freshly, uh, actually not so freshly 30 years old. Uh, I'm the team captain of Riot and I am the owner. And I don't know whether you call me a CEO or president or whatever of elite dodgeball. Very good. Um, so we we just got done watching the dodgeball movie, um, which is kind of uh, what this episode has been about. What what's your reaction when someone brings up the movie to you? Ah, see, I, I might have a different reaction than most people to the movie, just because um, I've worked a little with the the writer of the sequel, and the sequel's kind of buried right now. But uh, dodgeball movie was good for the sport. It, uh, you know, I obviously put the sport on the map. You know, I, I know for here in LA, that movie, uh, got the people to be like, Hey, let's start a dodgeball thing on Sunday, Sunday mornings, you know, and then go drinking afterwards. And I don't know what happened in Arizona, but it seems to be the, the scene started after the movie. Um, so that much we can say, hooray, like, the movie was good for us. But, you know, for what we play, being competitive dodgeball, 
good Lord, I'm so tired of being asked, you know, can I dodge a wrench <laughs> or the five Ds of dodgeball? Like, I, I, I can't stand it. And I still see, like, clips of the movie everywhere. And, you know, you say to someone like, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to go play dodgeball. You mean like the movie? <laughs> so, um, Sorry? Oh, they're always asking, is it going to be on ESPN, the Ocho? Oh, the Ocho, you know, there's so many, like, you know, good for the movie for having so many memorable moments, but, like, great for how many, like, dumb questions you have to answer. Mm. Like, I grew up, I grew up in the Middle East, so I was always asked if, like, I grew up in a, lived in a pyramid or rode a camel to school. (laughs) So this is just, like, an extension of, like, all the dumb questions I got asked. So, like, now everybody asks me, like, oh, is it on the outro? Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, the, the movie was good for the sport. Do I love the movie? I, I might be one of the few people I don't love the movie. <laughs> Fair enough. And, 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 and with, the, with the second movie, like, in development, uh, you know, I talked to the writer, and I was like, please, 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 just just, just not another wrench or five feet of dodgeball. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I know you have to have, like, you know, really good comedic set pieces, but, like, can they just be, like, something that happens to Justin Long and not something that, like, is going to be synonymous with the sport of dodgeball? <laughs> <laughs> Are we, uh, is it going to have the same type of, like, hokey comedic tone, I guess? Like, no chance of it being somewhat serious or, or using some of the the actual, uh, I don't know, like elite caliber dodgeball players that are out there in teams? There's zero to none chance. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a, it's going to be a comedy movie, you know, it's going to have Ben Stiller in it. So there's no way he's going to like, you know, take it seriously. Like they're not out to take our sport seriously. Their job is to make people laugh. And so what they're going to do is they're going to skewer our sport. So, <laughs> Well, if you if you had to pick a favorite scene from the dodgeball movie, what would it be? If I had to pick a favorite scene from the dodgeball movie, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I haven't watched it since it came out in theaters. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, we had to go back and watch it today to even remind ourselves. So, <laughs> so I, I remember. I mean, there was what the Vipers and the Average Joes. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Were, there, were there other teams that I missed on here? Or? There were, there were some. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, you got the lumberjacks. And... <laughs> oh man, it was. I'll go, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with the lumberjack because it seems like every time around Halloween now, when you have these Halloween dodgeball tournaments, there's always one team that wants to be the Vipers and one team that wants to be the Average Joe's. So I'll go with lumberjack. Okay, of course. It's something you haven't seen in a while. Right? So. uh was uh, dodgeball already kind of was it there in LA before the movie came out? Uh, you know what? From so I started back in 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 '07 and '08 when it was it had been going for about like five years. So I want to say they said around like 2003 is when Michael Costanza got it really going here. Okay. Um, it was definitely it was definitely after the movie, I believe. So what prompted you to start Elite Dodgeball, Mark? Uh you know what? People are always going to say like it's, it's one thing or the other, and um, so what, what what happened to me was going to play a lot of tournaments, and 
um, I wanted to help out. And, you know, I, I, when I was at the NDL tournament, and this was my first year being a pro, and I, and I wanted to help out. Like, Dave and I had uh, started hosting what was called Flavor Country Dodgeball a, a, a while back, which was it was kind of fun. Uh, Dave had ulterior motives for it. Like, he wanted to screw over the WDS. So, you know, open gym instead of being $5, was $4, that kind of stuff. I didn't really subscribe to that, but, uh, at the NDL, like, I, I raised my hand on the pro meeting and they were like, what can you guys, you know, they were having the come to Jesus moment with us and saying, like, what can you do to help? And I was like, hey, I, you know, like, LA is the biggest market in dodgeball, like, I can absolutely help and host tournaments. And he's like, ah, okay, yeah, 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 we'll talk. And like, I, I called a lot of, a lot of times and I never got a return call or anything like that. I was just like, okay, you know, I, I'm never going to have my calls returned. I guess they don't want my help. And then there was a tournament down south where, um, it, it began at like 10 a.m. and all of a sudden, you know, it's ending at like midnight on like a Sunday. And it was just, it was just poorly run. And, and I just remember like being broke playing these tournaments. And I just wanted to play competitive dodgeball as opposed to recreational dodgeball. And I said, you know what? Like, I get to do this better. You know, it's not that hard. So, um, I called up, I want to say Serge, I called up Bill, I called up uh, a couple of the other team captains, and I said, listen, I want to host a tournament. Let's do it like uh, like a, a buddy's poker night. Everybody throws in a little bit of money just to kind of cover the cost of the, the ball, tapes, gym, the whole nine yards. And then let's just play, and, you know, the top three teams get the money that's left over from the cost, Let's just have a fun tournament for a change. And that was Elite Eight, December 10th, 2010? 2011. 2011. Yeah, see, you know better than I do. <laughs> yeah, I know because I was, um, Chad reached out to me to in October and was talking to me about it. I was really excited, but I, I just so happened to be leaving the country, so I was kind of bitter that I missed that. But I was really happy to see that it was going to continue. Um, well, I was going to say, like, Ch- Chad wasn't even there. It took Chad, like, it, Chad, it took Chad like a year and a half to finally play Elite. <laughs> it took uh, 2013 to, to get Evil out there, so I, um, it was definitely a cool thing to, to see progress. And so you mentioned like it was kind of like a gathering up the guys for like a poker night um, during that tournament. Did you ever see Elite exploding and growing the way it has? Uh, you know, it was kind of weird. Like during the tournament, I was, I was having a blast, and this was a tournament that like. It was a little hectic for me because I called in a lot of favors of my friends that that work in the film industry, and I, I had I had seven camera guys there who were recording like every angle and doing that kind of thing. And then uh, I was playing at the time and hosting my first tournament, so I was doing all three things. Uh, so it was a bit hectic, and for the most part, most part, like it seemed like everything was going great. And then we all went to the bar afterwards, and everybody was like, wow, we need to do that more often. Can we do a lot more? I was like, oh. So we got great feedback. Uh, the players, you know, the rules are always a work in progress. So 
you know, they were like, hey, let's, let's, let's add headshots, let's add this, let's add that. And, you know, everything was reasonable, so we, we added that, and those are some of the, you know, core things about Elite now. But I had no clue that it was going to grow into something bigger. I thought this was just going to be something that we do, like, three times a year in L.A. and just, you know, have the same eight teams. And it wasn't until um, the one after that we held... Late, like six months later, and we had 14 teams show up. There was a bigger tournament down in Orange County, and we had a uh, adrenaline rush come out. And adrenaline rush was coming from Dallas, but Glenn Spacer uh, from Chicago came out to play, and he he was on the council for the NDL, and he came out and he was like, "This is how dodgeball needs to be, you know, for the player, by the player, you know." It's it's not expensive. I mean, someone can afford thirty bucks to play a day, uh, and so that moment he he came to me and was like, "Listen, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna help you with elite. Like, this is how it should be done." And I said, "I, I can't have you help me. Um, you're a member of the NDL," and he's like, "But I, you know, I really want to help and, and do this." And I said to him. Um, I actually refused his help, uh, and I told him, you know, all the things that you want to do and everything like that, you know, try and get done in the NDL, and I'm not trying to do anything special with this or crazy, and I said, go back to Ed, ask him do all those things, you know, I'm sure he'll take suggestions. What ended up happening was uh, all his comments and concerns and everything fell on deaf ears, and I said, if you were rebuffed by the NDL, then we can we can we can work together, but I wasn't going to poach him. So you know, there's a lot of stories that like you know I seduced him to the dark side or whatever. <laughs> but no, it was a matter of I actually told him no. I actually told him no. I said no. Like go do this with the NDL. Like and, and you know what? But if they refuse you, then yeah, let's let's try and figure something out. And then that's when uh, I went up to Chicago, and I said, "Hey, let's 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 hold one there." And and you know, it, a lot of organizers are a lot of talk, but I said, "Hey, I'm going to go host one there." And I went there and we hosted the North. And once that happened, that's when I started getting calls from people in the South and the East asking me to bring it to the, the different areas, and it kind of ballooned from there. I bet I bet that's when you finally got uh, the NDL's attention. Unfortunately, oh, they uh, like apparently I had their attention from like the get go. They just didn't think I had it in me. Huh. Oh well. Well, they're clearly wrong because you know from there it's blown up to what it is now. And you you know you fly all over the country. You you spend money out of your own pocket. You work hours and hours setting up these tournaments for everyone. How is it that you suffer all that stress and still love dodgeball as much as you do? Um, it, it's it's kind of strange, like. And as lame as it's going to sound, like, it's one of those things where, like, if you love it, it doesn't feel like work. Um, so I genuinely love the sport of dodgeball. And um, it's kind of like a unique thing. Like, in, in my career, you know, moving up is, is a matter of, of hard work and equal parts luck. But the one thing about dodgeball is, like, if I want that ball to roll up the hill, I push it. 
you know, it's, it's, it's all about how much effort I want to put into it to move it forward. And I'm in complete control of that. So, uh, you know, it's kind of gratifying if I'm like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to go to Baltimore. We're going to open up the East Coast. You just do it. You don't have to wait on anybody. You don't have to, to, to have everything fall in place or, you know, luck of the draw. It's just a matter of just doing it. So uh, how I manage to do it is that I usually spend nights working on stuff, like looking through rules or trying to figure out our contact teams that we can start networking with and, and, and get enough teams in a new area to you know, put together a new tournament. Or, you know, having to do a lot of searching to find new venues and, you know, find us better insurance and crack stuff like that. Gotcha. Do you, uh, do you think you'll ever get, actually get to experience an elite event as anyone other than the commissioner? Um, you know, you're not running around, you're not stressing out, you're not making sure that everything is going A-OK, you can actually just play like the, like the rest of us get to. Do you think there'll ever be a day where that can happen? That would be really, really, really nice. Um, but what was funny was Vince was just telling me about a tournament um, that he wants to do in, in 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 June, and he was telling me that, oh, we could take it over and we can run it. And I was like, wow, that would be really, really, really awesome. And then I thought for a second, and I said, you know what? I actually want nothing to do with it. I want you to run it, and I want you to do anything. Like, I can help if you need, but I'm not going to run it because, I still rarely get to have like no no weight or no stress on my shoulders and just get to play. Like there's a couple of times where um, in the East Coast, uh, Tim Wells would he, I, I try and let him take over, and you know I've just said like, hey, does anybody need a sub? And you know I'll jump on a team and just play. But they're still in the back of my mind of like, hey, we got to get out of here on time. Oh, you know that person may have just gotten injured. You know, like I'm never a hundred percent on the team as opposed to like, you know, cause I'm always got to be in a little bit of commissioner mode. God, I hate the word commissioner. I, I mean, we just, we made that up. You can call yourself whatever you want. Counselor, <laughs> oh, no. <ruler>, dictator. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you mentioned a lot of names, um, in this interview so far. Um, so it sounds like you've had a lot of great help. Um, if you had to guess at how many friends you've made and people you've met through elite, how many do you think that would be? Good Lord. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I'm one of those guys who's like kind of weird about Facebook in the sense of like, I don't just add anybody. Um, it's it's one of those things where like oh okay okay you've definitely been to one of the tournaments or like okay I, I, I've I've definitely met you you're you're a team captain or, or something like definitely been on one of the teams and that's when I'll add you and I want to say like I'm at like a thousand people I think like ninety percent of my friends are dodgeball and it's kind of been very strange in the last four years there's a guy who's just playing and and, and in, in recreational years before, but going to do elite, like I, and, and, and I'll full disclosure here. I am the worst at remembering people. Um, if, if I, if I've written your name, I can remember your name, but uh, like, I like faces. I'm terrible with and And, and full disclosure here, Brett, I got you and Ethan mixed up for like a year. 
You and everybody else on the planet. I don't know how that's possible. No, no joke. It was the Rex Specs that helped. <laughs> um, but you know, like, but what's funny is like now, like, if it, sometimes like when I'm even traveling to the East Coast or whatever, I'm running to someone in, in the airport. You know, it might be a guy from the South region, and I'm going to Baltimore, and I'll be like, "Hey, Mark!" And it's like I run into so many people in dodgeball right now that it's, it's kind of amazing. And my uh, my fiance, however, is annoyed as hell because now, like, if we go out to dinner in LA or we'll walk into the grocery store or whatever, like, I can guarantee you I'm running into a dodgeballer, and she's like, "Oh, great, another dodgeball conversation for the next five minutes." <laughs> so, Mark, what what is your vision for Elite? Where are you where do you want to take it? Uh, vision. Um, I kind of want to keep it growing. Uh, I still, you know, we have north, south, east, and west, but I want to grow it to the point where we have, I'd like a minimum of six regions. Get a northwest region, southeast region, maybe even another, like a central region to get that, like, Kentucky, Tennessee, Memphis area, or, you know, get those St. Louis guys so they don't have to either drive up north or drive south. Um, where I really want to see this sport go is uh, back in the day there was Extreme Dodgeball, a show on Game Show Network. And from what I've been told, you know, it just the the production company, you know, it was doing the show was doing great for the production company, but there's kind of a problem with the players, and there was a problem with um, the production company got a better deal to go do a, a, a bigger network show. So they kind of dropped that and went to go do, um, I want to say it was something like something stupid like, you know, the swan or whatever, like the, the cosmetic surgery show or, or, or something equally as stupid. Oh, man. Um, okay, I remember that. But, uh, you know, I would, I want to get Dodgeball back on the map. Here's, here's my vision. My vision is I want to see Dodgeball be like the UFC. You know, we get to see a little bit of the players and get to know who they are. And then, you know, we get the cameras, get to follow the teams, and um, we get to watch a game in, you know, all of its glory, multiple camera angles. You know, we can have replays, that kind of stuff. You know, in a perfect world. Um, And then I would love to see another show. Uh, where it's kind of like the, you know, was it the ultimate next fighter or whatever? Mm-hmm. Where, you know, we have uh, elite teams traveling to new areas to play, um, you know, teams that want to, like, step up and then play in elite. You know, they've got to, like, qualify to get in. So, you know, one show feeds the other. That would be pretty cool to see. So, you know, eventually, like, where, where I see Elite Dodgeball going is going into that, like, um, that premiership soccer model where there's an A group and a B group. And if it's a two-day tournament, um, you know, the guys on Saturday, uh, the top two teams get to play in the A group on Sunday. And the, the two teams that are, have the worst record on, on day two have to go back into B group. So there's kind of like a constant balancing that would be, that'd be where people cool. are fighting to be in the top. You can see a lot of opportunity for drama there too. That'd be, <laughs> that'd be neat. 
So, so Mark, what's the one thing that anyone that supports Elite Dodgeball can do to help you get there, to help you put on a better tournament, put on, you know, make make it a better organization? Oh, okay. I'd say two things. Um, one thing, uh, we were just dealing with, you know, like uh, cheating in the, in the UDC. Yeah, that, that's not a big thing, but you know, refs. Um, I wish more teams, and refing is not fun. It really isn't. Um, but referees and the people who do line judging, just in general, like, Getting people to the right place at the right time is one of those things. Like just in in, in the actual tournament days, it's one of those things that can make everything better. Um, a good example is like Gridlock. You know, they won the Caps Award this year because you know I, I put out a schedule for every team and I highlight where they need to be at all times. And you know, after like three years, it was the first time I've ever seen a team hold the sheet and go where they needed to go and do what they needed to do at the right time. Um, and I even had a rise of brutality doing that kind of stuff because, you know, they realized that they're winning all these tournaments, but, you know, the, you know, the ring is an awesome thing to win, but like, how great would it be to be the team that wins, you know, the most liked and, you know, the, the, the cap sport and the championship, you know, that's, that hasn't been done. That sounds like a challenge for Titan. I guess we can step it up some. <laughs> Absolutely. So, like, you know, anything like being able to, you know, we need good refs and we need people to know where they need to be. And so, like, that's something that can improve our sport, like, at tournament level. Um, in terms of exposure level, um, you know, sharing dodgeball could be the, is, is the biggest thing, you know, um, you know, podcasts have been fantastic because people who don't know about dodgeball are starting to listen to it. Um, you know, we do our videos, uh, Instagram posts, tweets, whatever. The more the people in the community do to share, the better the sport will be. Because if, you know, I have a thousand friends on, on my Facebook and if I share a video, you know, a thousand people will, you know, could see it, and if those people share it, and it it could it could you know go viral out of control. But it's a matter of like, so we have four regions, we have roughly forty five fifty teams, and fifty teams is you know a players. I mean, we have a lot of people, and if, if if one person shares a video, and if everybody in the community gets together to share that video. You know, who knows? It might go on Reddit, it goes on Twitter, it goes on Vine, whatever. Uh, it brings uh, it brings more exposure to the sport. I don't even care if it's about, you know, stuff for Lee Dodgeball. Like, you know, if it's a little rec league, if it's the NDL, the NDO, you know, Phoenix Dodgeball, it doesn't matter. You know, any exposure for the sport is good exposure for all of the organizations in the sport. I agree. So... So, um, yeah, I, I would love to see, you know, if, if someone, yeah, for example, um, Vince posted a video from the other night where like Jake Mason from WeHo Dodgeball and Alex Alvarez, uh, were doing a showdown. And I, I was unfortunately hitting the nuts as the referee. You know, that's the kind of thing where like, if everybody just shares that, 
you know, that gets that starts to get like a hundred thousand views from from people watching it over and over, like in the growing shot or something. It doesn't matter. It's you know, how many times have we seen the kid do the backflip over the dodgeball? Like it's absolutely staged, and they've admitted it. But everybody's seen that and gone, "Holy crap, that's amazing!" Like if that's what dodgeball like, that would be cool. If we have you know thousands of people sharing and posting and, and getting the sport out there, then that will build our sport to a much higher level. And that will start to get um, TV executives, sponsorships, and it's going to raise their eyebrow to go, huh, maybe there's this whole other sport that we're not paying attention to yet. Makes sense. It's funny you mentioned the kid doing the uh, backflip because I remember sharing the uh, Andrew Ketchum headshot clip over and over with uh, all kinds of friends to show them like how serious dodgeball can be and it was cool <laughs> seen that on a Huffington Post so no that was that was, that was amazing but you know like it, like that video is hilarious because I can always point to it as uh, you know when we were at the ultimate dodgeball championship for the trampoline stuff I pointed it out to a couple of teams like oh no no we play a real dodgeball no like, real dodgeball I was like no this ball hurts. <laughs> this ball flies much farther. This ball will give you a concussion. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a totally different game here. Uh, I mean, you know, my favorite video is uh, you beating Pyan in a wheelchair. <laughs> I don't think it gets better than that. It's, uh, it's one that of needs to get. Moments. That needs to get shared. <laughs> That needs to go to that. That needs to go to Sports Center top ten. <laughs> as a matter of as a matter of fact, when I get off when I get off the phone here, I'm going to tweet that to them just because I want to see like if they'll bite on it. I, I can only hope that would be <laughs> if I got on Sports Center, that would be a dream. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, you, well. but you might you either you either make it on the the top ten as a wheelchair wheelchair bound guy who 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 wins in dodgeball. Or you make it to the not top ten <laughs> as Pyan gets beat by a guy in a wheelchair. I would take either one. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Well, thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate you uh, giving us your time and, and coming on the show. No problem. Uh, anything I can do to help. All right. Well, we'll hold you to it. We'll keep you in mind, okay? All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, Mark. Have a good day. Mark. All right. Bye. So, you know, Brett, I myself and I'm sure several other uh, players and league organizers out there can sympathize and understand what Mark experiences, um, you know, at least to some degree. I mean, granted, I, I didn't run regional tournaments. I didn't run tournaments in mass like he's been doing with Vegas. But, you know, when you're running these organizations, when you're running a tournament or even open gym, your, your mind's never fully in the game. And we do this because we are very passionate about dodgeball and we want to help promote the sport. We want to provide people with a venue and a means to play so it's awesome that you can still hear the drive in his voice after everything that he's been through after all the the hate and all the the criticism and more importantly just the stress of of running an organization as big as it's become uh much kudos and i know that we're always talking about mark but seriously like the fact that he can do all that and still stay motivated is, is pretty cool yeah, and I think it's important that we help him out. In the interview, he says that there's two things you can do to help grow the sport, and that's volunteer and share. You know, if, if you're at one of his tournaments, if you're at any tournament, step up and help ref, step up and help set up or tear down, and and really share the sport. Tell your friends and family, get them involved, share it on Facebook, share it on Twitter, 
just let people know, you know, the more it's out there, the more people will see it and the bigger it'll be. And it's funny because it actually struck a, a chord with me because you're like, oh, I used to run Tucson Dodgeball. I've done enough. It, that's actually not right. And and I will help out when I can, but I realized like even in Vegas, there's, there's probably some times where I could have personally stepped up a little bit more. And, uh, you know, thanks Mark for bringing that up too, because when you say share content, you know, I've got like maybe 700 friends on Facebook. I'm not saying every single person's going to see these movies or these videos, but if three or four do it and they share it, it really kind of goes to show you that when Mark says share to make a difference, it really will. And that's, it's not just Team Evil games, not just Titan games, it's it's everything. So I personally am going to take away from that interview and, and try to share more and just be, you know, guys, listen to this stuff, listen to this podcast, uh, watch these videos. Here's an awesome announcement, that kind of stuff too. So Absolutely. Which brings us to uh, the kind of the second part of our segment here, which is uh, the future of dodgeball. Where is it going? Um, so, you know, Mark talked a little bit in the interview about growing elite specifically, but but dodgeball is just growing in general. You know, there's a there's a few organizations that are always getting bigger. There's a few, you know, every rec league that I know is always trying to get bigger. Um, and quite simply, nobody really knows yet where dodgeball is going. You know, it's not it's it's not apparent that we're driving toward one style of ball or one style of league or or so you know what have you. But it is growing, and so eventually, you know, they're just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and and. Uh, we'll be able to make some decisions like that. But for now, it's just about growth. What do you think is going to happen if they do drop Dodgeball 2 on us, if there is a sequel and it does come out within the next one or two years? Do you think we're going to see another wave like we did back in 04? I, I, we very well could, and I hope we do. You know, I hope that that... So, uh, so Steve and I, one of the things we always like to say is we like to talk about you know 12-year-olds that are out there right now who, who might see the, the second Dodgeball movie and say like, oh man, you know, I really want to play Dodgeball. Like, how do I get involved? And to think about these 12-year-olds coming up and, and being better than us and, you know, starting out. Steve and I are getting older, so, you know, especially Steve, he's turning 42 this year. So. Son of a... <laughs> I'm 32 first. So, uh, no, that's ancient, but You still. know, it's, it's fun to think about kids coming up and, and just beating up on us a little bit. So. You know, you want to talk about little kids and interest. Obviously, that is the future of the sport. But I wanted to mention uh, a couple of years ago, there was a tournament where Justin Acton was playing catch with some kids. Because we'll always... We always share venues with like other sports events that are going on, and you will see parents and kids that are playing in volleyball or whatever the tournament is, basketball. They always like come over to our side, and they're like, what are these grown adults doing? <laughs> but it's cool because now you're seeing people interact with them. You're, you're seeing today's equivalent of professional athletes in a sport interacting with kids, and I think even some people ask for like autographs and stuff, and that's just wild. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool to think about. Um and it really lends back to the idea that, that dodgeball is family, you know, um, hashtag dodgeball family, if you will. And so, you know, everyone that has ever played dodgeball is in kind of a, a cool fraternity where, you know, we all play for each other and we all play with each other um, to help grow the sport. So it, it's important, like I said, to spread the word and it's important to get it out there because I've met a lot of really, really cool people, just like Marcus said, and Steve's met even more people than I have that it, through dodgeball. And it's, it's, a, it's a cool experience to me. One thing I wanted to mention, talking about the future of dodgeball. So we we're competing in Vegas, and um, you know, you suffered a pretty, pretty gnarly injury. Um, it's amazing that something that we were playing and engaged in was actually streamed live. And what's even more amazing is people were watching that we we didn't even acknowledge, we didn't we didn't know about it. So like, remember when somebody messaged you and asked if you're okay? Like, isn't that crazy just to think about? Yeah, I had a few people message me. Um, you know, we it was streamed live, so people saw me get hurt, and I was down for for a few minutes on the court. And uh, within minutes, I had people messaging me saying like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" You know, through Facebook. 
hey, I saw you get hurt. You know, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to play some more? And that's really, really cool to me. You know, that on a personal level, the fact that people across the country, some of whom I've never even met, reached out to make sure that I was okay from a dodgeball injury of all things. Like that's, I mean, that's really, really warming into my heart. Well, Phil's aside, I'm just stating that the fact that dodgeball has grown to the point where people are actually tuning in to watch a live match take place because they understand it's, 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 there's something in it that they actually want to see. Yeah. Even if they're not a part of it, it's something that they feel like they're a part of. Exactly. So, um, the other part of that, 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 uh, is pretty cool is when team USA recently won, um, they all got tattoos, um, and they all did it together. And what was cool to me is the, the tattoos they got, at least from my perspective, didn't celebrate their winning but they celebrated their winning together you know that that team had a really really sense of you know a strong sense of unity that they were able to to celebrate which is very cool to me imagine that happening your first day of open gym thinking that oh i'm just gonna play a couple games and then be on my way to i now have like eight other brothers that i was on a journey with and we represent the u.s and we won and this is probably an amazing feeling like that's yeah it's really cool it's neat um so that brings us to our next point, which is um, I want to get back to growth a little bit because the the, the two big organizations that I see um, growing, and I'm not discounting UDC here. UDC is still young. It's in its infancy, but it is growing. Um, but it's not really driving change the way that Elite Dodgeball and uh, the NDO or WDBF are. Um, the NDO is the uh, National Dodgeball Organization, which is the American side of the WDBF, which it's is like the, the World American Dodgeball Chapter. Federation. Yeah, exactly. So, gotcha. The, the WDBF is essentially the closest thing we have to Olympic-style dodgeball, where you have international um, teams representing their countries. You know, they're selected by a committee. So it's, it's the closest thing we have to an Olympic sport. And eventually, dodgeball might get to be that to, you know, to an Olympic level and potentially even in the Olympics, which would be very cool. So it is always growing toward that. Um, Elite is more of a, a national-based organization. So there are multiple regions across the country um, where teams that win in those regions represent those regions and come to a national tournament um so i i hate so i don't want to call the elite dodgeball tournament uh, a feeder system for wdbf because that's not really the relationship those two have but it kind of feels that way it kind of feels like that's what we're going toward where we're going to have some kind of national organization feeding into an international organization at some point do you do you agree yeah and there is a type of feeder system and we might have touched up on it a little bit last week where you come in playing dodgeball for you, you see a flyer a friend brings you out whatever you play open gym for a couple of days and you like it then you join a league then you join a tournament then maybe a traveling team picks you up then you go compete and then you realize oh wow well if i want to go a step above elite right now it's going to be foam it's going to be the u.s team and so maybe it's not a direct feeder system but there is a system in place maybe unofficially that does exist yeah, and it's not to say that that uh, you know a foam dodgeball supersedes a rubber dodgeball. That's not the the point at all. The point is just that you know there's there's kind of levels that you step up to. You know, there's only there's only eight spots effectively, nine spots on the on Team USA. So if you want to represent Team USA, you have to represent your region, and then you have to represent nationally at at the elite tournament. And that's you know that's kind of what people are looking at when they're picking Team USA is they're looking at all of these great talents that play rubber and foam and no sting and all of these styles of dodgeball. And they're kind of picking them up from there and saying, you know, come show us what you can do with foam. And, you know, we want to see how good a dodgeball player you actually are. What I thought was really cool. And at first I thought it was actually hokey, but I kind of opened my eyes to it a little bit was the, in addition to like your skill as a player, it's, are you going to be a good ambassador of the sport? 
Right. And the fact that they're concerned with how you represent yourself and the team says a lot about the professional vision that they have. Well, anybody that's ever represented their country in anything knows that how important it is for you to represent your country well. Oh, nobody God, wants to, it. yeah, nobody wants to make a, a fool of the United States of America. I get briefed on that all the time. <laughs> hey, don't be that American airman. Now it's don't be that American soldier. You know, make us look good. And you just roll your eyes. Yeah, of course. But there are actually people that do abuse it. And it's just kind of cool seeing that like, we want to be portrayed well. And it's, it's, it's especially cool seeing all of the players across the country that want to portray or that want to, uh, to, portray America well. You know, they want to get on Team USA and they want to be the ambassador and they want to show, you know, how honest they are and how um how humble they are to be there and and it's 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 a cool thing to see from the players perspective that so many people want to represent America in dodgeball. Yeah, and you know, for the longest time I was very anti-foam. I am like a hardcore rubber fan. Like I've always loved rubber. But to know that there was a dodgeball team out there representing US, like I actually had a vested interest in how they're going to win. Well, how they're going to play. They, they won. That's where that slipped. But it's, again, it's just really cool to see that develop after all these years. You know, Brett makes these jabs that I've been playing for a long time, and I have. And I've seen, <laughs> man, I have seen organizations pop up. Let me and just let me interrupt. So let fast. me just put it this way. When I met Steve, he didn't have gray hair. So let, that's, that's oh, how long whoa. he's been playing. <laughs> Guy, I've had gray hair since I was 10 years old. Like, it's just a thing. I, yeah, I'm not. Shut up, Brett. <laughs> but I've seen organizations promise the world and deliver Jack Diddley. Diddley doodly. Um, okay, guys, I've had like two shots of espresso, so I'm actually kind of perky this morning. I guess this is going to be the rule moving forward. But without naming any names or organizations, there there have been I, there's been at least eight or nine that have just popped up, dissipated. And uh, it's good to see stuff stick now because the movie Wave is gone and what's remained are is what's actually going to stick around and what's been around for for a couple of years yeah and i think the we're, we're kind of in like a second movement of dodgeball growing which is this hashtag dodgeball family idea um there's a lot of people in the in the facebook group and you know this this idea that you if you want dodgeball you can get dodgeball anywhere you go um recently i, I took a trip to boston not for dodgeball just you know uh i went to a friend's wedding in boston and I just happened to post in there like, hey, does anybody have any dodgeball happening in Boston? They didn't. But one of the one of the girls in Boston, um, Amanda Ashley, actually reached out and said like, hey, you know, if I can get enough interest, would you guys want to play early Sunday morning? And I was like, I mean, yeah, if, if you can email people and see if they want to play, let's play. And it ended up not working out. But just the fact that there was someone across the country who I've only met a couple times who was willing to put together something on my behalf for a day when I was in Boston that's really it's touching, you know. It's it's cool to see. Yeah, we don't we don't want to discredit the word family, but it's that's basically what it is. Um, when I got back from my deployment uh, a couple years ago, I spent some time up in the uh, northwest, up in Oregon, and I got to engage in some open dodgeball with uh, some former uh, team, uh, not teammates, um, rivals of mine, the uh, the uh, Oregon State team, and it was cool because I only knew like maybe. I only knew Kevin Pack and I think um, Ashley Tyree. Sorry if I butcher your name. But um, it was so neat being able to just walk in, be accepted, play some dodgeball while I was there, and then um, share that experience. Yeah, and that's really what uh, what growth is all about, is just being able to, you know, for anyone off the streets to come in, play dodgeball for the first time, and meet people there that are going to be, you know, friendly and open and warm and, and really get them started on the sport. And then if they if they want to play in rec leagues, they can play in rec leagues. If they want to do more, they can do more. Yeah, they just accept you, which is really, 
really cool to be a part of that. All right, so I want to circle back a little bit to um, the WDBF and Elite and why those two organizations will grow, in my opinion. Um, we got a little off topic, but the the WDBF I was mentioning was a, an Olympic style of dodgeball. Um, it's kind of the international representation. Um, and I really think that will grow because the the idea of playing for your country is very strong. You know, there's like we were saying that people want to play for for Team USA. It's it's there's a bigger drive there than playing for your local team. Well, and the crazy thing is internationally there's dodgeball's been around for a while. So it's it's huge in the Philippines. You can actually look at like how uh, Japanese students play dodgeball from when they're young. I think China has a team already or they've got organizations all over the place. So we're actually kind of behind in that realm. So we have bit. to grow. Yeah. And and there's more countries being added every year. You know, more and more countries are getting involved. Europe, there's a lot of European countries that that are uh, playing now. Um, in fact, the the Australian team um, had a huge jump when I was at the tournament. When I was at WDBF, um, everyone was telling me, "Oh yeah, Australia's team. Um, they're kind of weak. You know, they're not really they're not really a, a huge threat." But that team got good real fast. You know, like I I was watching them play, and I was like, "I don't I don't know what Australian team they were talking about because this Australian team is good. This Australian team matters." <laughs> and and to their credit, you know, I think they took third, and and they really put a huge fight on team USA. They almost took USA out of the tournament. What about Canada? They they're usually pretty strong also. Yeah, before this year Canada was actually um I I'm going to ruin this. I think they were a two-time champion. I think they'd upset the oh, it wasn't even an upset. They were I mean they were the juggernauts, you know. I think they won twice in a row and those guys I, they play dodgeball extremely well together. I remember seeing and I'll probably post this clip once I find it on our page uh this one guy it was it was 2 to 1. He had two balls in his hands, and we're thinking, okay, he's going to throw one and block. That's a simple move. No, he, both his opponents are on opposite sides of the corners, and he takes one guy out with his left and another guy with his right in, like, one freaking motion. And I was like, wow, that yeah, was... they're very, very good. That was calculated. That was intentional. That was kind of scary. Holy crap, that was, that was big. So the, the, the point is there's, there's all these countries that are getting much better, and there's all these countries that are already good. So, you know, WDBF is going to grow and keep getting bigger and bigger. Um, so, I, you know, I feel like that will kind of be the forerunner of, of uh, foam dodgeball. And then on the other side, you've got elite dodgeball, which is conti- going to continue to get bigger. You heard Mark talk a little bit about wanting to expand the regions and add the regions. And, you know, that'll only make it bigger just in numbers alone. So I know we, again, we're, we're talking about Mark, but one of the reasons why I feel he's been so successful, and you can kind of hear it in the interview, was that when people offer to help him, holy crap, he lets them. Like... Without going into bad, uh, bashing any other organization, if he's had so much help from people because he's let them. And because of that, growth has been happening. I mean, when he says uh, by the players, for the players, it he actually means it. Yeah, and it really is. You know, the the, the tournaments are run by players. Um, they're reffed by players. They're the volunteers to help shag balls and, and keep the courts contained are, you know, that's all players. There's, I have never been to an elite tournament where there's been anyone hired to do a job. Everyone steps up and helps out. And, you know, Mark says that he would appreciate more of that. But, you know, we're already to a point where everyone's willing to, to jump in and help, which is great. If, uh, if Jake Mason isn't hired and he does this out of his own kind, awesome nature, much kudos. I think he's the only person that is actually hired, but he'd probably do it for free anyway. Cause I, I really don't think he is. I think that he does it because he loves dodgeball and he loves Mark. And, I mean, frankly, how can you not love Mark? How could you not like Jake Mason? Yeah, no, for for real. Jake Mason is one of the coolest people I've ever met in my life. So, Jake, I hope you're listening to this because we're really, really shouting you out here. Yep. 
Um, and and the other thing is uh, the organization as a whole doesn't pocket any money. Mark Mark isn't making any money off this. Vince isn't making any money off of Elite. Everything that goes in from the players comes right back to the players when they win. And you know we could we could say we've heard this before. I may be a little jaded when I hear we don't make money on this deal, but. Mark actually posts this stuff. Like he, he's as transparent as transparency can be. Yeah, he's better than government agencies. He he discloses everything. <laughs> <laughs> so there there's a sense of tr- trust there, which which I think will help grow Elite. Um, so those are the two organizations, and why I think they'll they'll grow into to bigger and better um, dodgeball. We can only hope so. And from what we've seen, it's probably going to happen. So that's that's all we have today. Um, what we wanted to do was we wanted to reach out to people and say, you know, if, if there's something you think you're an expert on or you just want to get on the show and chat with us, please let us know. Um, you know, we love hearing from other people. Steve and I recently discovered through doing the the two interviews that we've done that, I mean, you guys have a lot to talk about. Steve and I were, were concerned that, you know, we'd have a hard time getting answers out of people and that, you know, they'd be shy and nervous. But it turns out that if you're if you play dodgeball, you love talking about dodgeball. So if you want to talk about dodgeball with us, please let us know. Um, you yeah, know, we sure. want we want to be able to get your voice out there with us. So and, and please do more than just say interview me. Yeah. Like, yeah. Give us a reason. Tell us what you want to talk about. Tell us how we can rope you in. I mean, it, it's, it's cool to, to receive those kind of messages, but we would like some context. And if you have any questions, too, please let us know. We'd love to answer them during an episode. You can hit us up on our Facebook page, uh, The Dodgeball Podcast with Brett and Steve, or on Twitter, at DodgeballCast. You can message us, too. Yeah, you can message either one of us. We're not... It turns out uh, doing a podcast doesn't turn you into a celebrity overnight. I was mistaken. I thought for sure I'd be rolling in cash by now, but I'm just a normal person still. So uh, do we get the checks later? Is that... I, I don't know. I thought my mom was the only person that was going to listen to this. Hi, mom. Well, <laughs> well you know, so we're still normal people. So just message us on <laughs> Facebook. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, I, everyone. I want to say one thing. Uh, enjoy all you can with that stupid photo. That's, <laughs> um, that's, that's going away soon. I cannot believe that that stupid photo is still in existence and taking a life of its own. Uh, yeah, Steve is talking about our Facebook, uh, our Facebook photo with the two of us, and he hates it. I love it. I, I, I've had a lot of other people say they love it, so it's not coming down anytime soon. You kudos, can, you can relish that forever. Kudos to Nick because he set me up for success with that. When he said, "Steve, make the dumbest face you can think of," <laughs> and somehow I got it right away. Nailed it. Nailed it. So, so like, thank you everyone for listening. We really appreciate your time. Uh, we will be back next week. I do not know what our topic is going to be yet, and I want to give a shout out to our sound guy Nick Tantillo again. He's he sets up everything. He does all the work. He edits. He's he's a killer. He's the ultimate homie. He's hooking us up with some good sound. Oh, well, his name doesn't follow the conventional rules of Spanish, so it's Tantillo. Nick Tantillo. Sorry. Did you say Tantillo? I did, yeah. He does not look like a Tantillo. So thank you guys so much. We'll see you next week. Take care.